Hello, and thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. We are in the book of Psalms today. The book of Psalms, chapter number 25. And this is where we left off a couple of months ago. Maybe it was now, or maybe not that long. But we were going through the book of Psalms, and we took a detour for some different things. And I'm getting back into Psalms for now. And the Psalms is is such a rewarding, enriching, lovely, poetic book that is so, so helpful. It teaches us so many things. It touches every doctrine. It's such a blessing. Psalm 25 today, if you have your Bible. And Psalm uh, 25 is interesting because Psalm 25 is an acrostic. There are 22 verses in Psalm 25. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Each verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It is a Psalm of David in which he in difficulty cries out to God. It's an instructive Psalm as well. And so we'll read Psalm 25 beginning in verse one, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy paths, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Today, we'll be looking at the first five verses. That was the full 22 verses of Psalm 25. We'll be looking at the first five verses. Begins unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in these, verse 2. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. So it's important when you are going through a trial, a hard time, many believe that David was dealing with his own personal sin here. 
because of the theme that comes up more than once about his own sin being great, the transgression, don't judge me for the sins of my youth, um, my iniquities, pardon, all that. We'll get into that a little bit later this week. But whatever it is, when you're going through a hardship, a, a hard time, it's important to lift up your soul unto the Lord. And he says, oh my God, I trust in thee. He's saying, I'm confident in you, so I'm living in obedience. When you say to God, when uh, the author says to God, when a writer in the scripture says to God to trust, that is always demonstrated. Real faith, real trust is always demonstrable to those around you. You can't say, I have great faith in God, and it not be evident in any way whatsoever. That's not the case. Real faith and real trust in God always drives you to action. Not so people will see it, but because it's from your heart, and that's where trust and faith is. He says, oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. And so everybody around him knows that he is trusting in God. Therefore, he's saying, Lord... I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> uh, let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. I'm stepping out here. So you got this, right? I don't want anybody to see me fall flat on my face for, for my sake, but also for your name's sake. That's what he's saying here. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Verse three, yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed, which transgress without cause. So He's saying not only for me, but all of them that wait on thee, that serve thee, help them never to be ashamed. And ashamed there means kind of like, uh, whoops, people looking at you, that didn't work out, did it? That decision that you made, it didn't work out so well for you. I heard you telling me to buy this stock about a year ago. It's not doing too good anymore. And you'd be ashamed with that advice, with your stand, with your decision. So he's saying, let me not be ashamed. Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. But he says, conversely, let them be ashamed, which transgress without cause. He's saying, God, I'm stepping out, so let it pay off. But on the other hand, those that do transgress without cause, let them be ashamed. He wants others to behold the life of someone living in open sin that it does not pay off. And it certainly never does when someone's living in sin. It doesn't pay off. We don't always see it not paying off, but it never pays. Someone might say, how come so-and-so is doing just fine, even though he lives so wickedly? Like that sometimes depressing song, uh, farther along, um, living so wicked year after year. <laughs> okay, uh, it's a funeral dirge sometimes, the tempo it's sung, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. It's a good song. Fine song. Good song. I love that song. But it's asking the question, how do some people live wickedly and they're not bothered. Everything seems to turn out. Well, I tell you that you don't see everything. You and I don't see everything. And certainly sometimes it seems like it is working out, but eventually be patient, wait on the Lord. It says you have made the right decision when you trust in the Lord. Uh, And here though, he asked that their shame be seen and it often takes waiting. You have to stay faithful. Stay faithful. Don't be ashamed of following God 
Romans 10.11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. you see that? If you believe, it will cause you to be bold for Christ, to take a stand. And, and that, that boldness doesn't always mean, it, it does, but it doesn't always mean an outward yelling, I'm following Christ, but it's a steadfastness, it's a firmness. You're, you're resolute, you're not going to be moved. Let them be ashamed, which transgress without cause. God's way, his paths, his timing is always best, and we need to not be ashamed of following God. And then verse four, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. So here David is, he's lifted up his soul, he's trusting in the Lord, and now he says, show me what to do, teach me. I like how he doesn't just ask for his troubles to disappear, but he's asking for God to show him the will of God through the trial he was going through. And man, oh man, oh man, oh man, sometimes you and I need to just pause, consider, and patiently reflect when we're going through a hardship, a trial. I'm fond of saying that God gives no busy work. Everything is for a purpose, and I believe there are numerous facets to God's purpose in any given event. God can use, even through your sin, God can use that in your life to teach you something and help you to be better. God can use another person's sin and a trial that you go through as a result to teach you something. And that was David's desire. Show me. Teach me, he said. Verse four, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. You know, when I go through a trial, I don't want to go through that trial. And on the other end, I'm a bitter person with a story to tell about my sad life and the things I went through. I want to come through with a better understanding of God. I want to maybe discover God will use that to put me on a different path or, or whatever. God's sovereignty can do so many things. And David is saying, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. And how does he do that? Verse number five, how does he do that? Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. He says, lead me in thy truth. My friend, the word of God is where you ought to run to, where you find encouragement and instruction on the good days, but also on those bad days. Don't make a decision that is contrary or not in harmony with the word of God. God will use those trials to drive you to the word of God in prayer and the Holy Spirit will illuminate. He will reprove, rebuke. John 16, you can read that if you'd like, verses 7 through 15. He will use the word of God. He will use what Jesus has said. He will guide you into all truth. Sometimes going through a hardship helps us understand the word of God, gives us that illumination that we didn't have before. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. He says it twice. He says it in verse four and in verse five, teach me, teach me, teach me. That's not the imparting of information only necessarily, but it's training. That's why teach and show are both in verse number four. Show me. I want to learn. I want to actually gain knowledge and experience. You and I need to have a leadable, teachable spirit towards the things of God. When the word of God reproves us, we need to be wide open to that, to correcting our path. 
Today, you're going through a hardship. Lift up your voice to God. Trust God. Ask Him to teach you His paths and commit to, by faith, obeying the truth.